All right, if you want to open up your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 3, we'll read our text there in just a moment. Hey, all through this um, letter, especially in chapters 2 and 3, Peter has been reminding us as believers that our actions speak louder than words. And if we're going to silence the critics in our lives, we've got to make sure our behavior matches our beliefs so that they don't have an argument against us. But there is a time where our words really matter um, because we live in a culture that's so involved with verbal communication and it's become so hostile in our culture. Verbal hostility often leads to physical violence. And, and we saw that the other day, Julie and I pulled up behind a car in downtown security and this car had a back end that was just like totally pressed in but it was very uneven. And I looked at that and I said, it doesn't look like a car hit that vehicle. It just looks like it got smashed in. And Julie noticed that on the sides of the vehicle as well were also major dents, like basketball sized dents. And it looked as if someone had taken a sledgehammer to that car. And it reminded me of, you know, the anger in our culture and how people turn to violence as their way of communication. You know, our words are powerful. In fact, in, in Proverbs chapter 18, Verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, that the words that come out of our mouths are very powerful. In the book of James, it says that our tongues are either set on fire by hell itself or they're controlled by the Spirit of God. And, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in what's happening in our culture and follow those ways and be um, instruments of death. But I want to encourage you today that if you're going to speak, speak life. And we're going to talk about that today and next week. And I'm just going to go through the first part of this text in Peter today. We'll just read one section and then we'll get the other two sections next Sunday. But I think it's very critical in light of where we are as a nation um, for us to consider what Peter is saying in this passage. So uh, here, here's what he says in 1 Peter 3, verses 8 through 12. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. On the contrary, bless, for to this you are called that you may obtain a blessing. For, and then he quotes uh, one of the Psalms, whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Peter says to do what's unexpected, that when you're mistreated, speak a blessing. Speak a blessing. You know, he, he gives all these character traits of believers, unity, sympathy, love, tenderness, humility. Those all should be evident in our lives, and one of the ways they really are expressed is how we talk. Like if you're unified with someone, it comes across in the way you talk about that person. Um, if you're unified in your marriage, if you're, if you're experiencing unity in your church, if you're promoting unity in your nation, it comes out in your speech. And what we're seeing in our culture um, is so much negativity, um, harshness, pride, and division. I mean, it's coming out in the way people are talking to one another and about one another. But we as believers must realize that if Jesus is real in us, it ought to be displayed in the words that come out of our mouths. We want to speak life. You know, our United States, for example, um, it's called the United States of America. There are 52 states and all have a unique personality within their own state. And yet we have an overarching 
connection to one another, but that's been diminishing over the years. I think one of the reasons is because we're no longer one nation under God. We don't have a unifying force, and we're witnessing blue states and red states in every election, this great division within our um, nation. And it may not be long until we're called the divided states of America. And we as believers need to be voices that are promoting unity, not only in our culture, but in our homes and in our church. And it ought to come, come across in our humility and our tenderness in how we talk to one another. But the real test, Peter says, um, of our spirituality is how you respond when people mistreat you. He said, when you are reviled, do not revile back, but bless, for to this you are called to obtain a blessing. God wants us to do what sounds so crazy, to bless those who curse and insult and revile us. He, he quotes Psalm 34 and says, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So he's, he's talking about the tongue and the power of the tongue and how it must be used for life. We've got to corral it and guard ourselves from, from stirring up violence and divisiveness with our mouths. And if we want to live long and have good days, he says, keep, uh, keep a rein on your tongue. You know, I've watched um, people speak on social media, watched our news online and on TV, and it just um, breaks my heart that our kids are watching the way we interact. I mean, just, just take, for example, the presidential debates and how initially, the first one in particular, I just was so disrespectful and harsh toward one another. And that's what our kids are witnessing. And we as believers need to set the bar higher. We need to show how we can actually talk respectfully toward other people, even people that we disagree with. See, when you are reviled, um, typically there's one of three responses. Number one is you give back to them in the same way they gave to you. So people attack you. Uh, people think you're totally justified in attacking them back. Now, sometimes... Uh, we feel a little guilty about doing that. So we do the next thing. We just remain silent. So when someone attacks us, we want to respond, but we bite our tongue. You know, like, like Thumper said, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. And so we just kind of suck it up inside and hold on to it and endure it. But actually, Peter says, that's not the best way. The, the, the best thing to do is to shock the socks off them by blessing them. Give a blessing to those who curse you and revile you. See, in Jesus' day, when he came, it was acceptable practice to hate those that you didn't like and to just love the people that were like you. And so the, the Jewish people, uh, they would love their fellow Jews, but they didn't like the Samaritans at all. They didn't like the Romans, and they didn't like the Jewish tax collectors. They actually hated them. And Jesus came along in the Sermon on the Mount and says, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. And how do you love them? One of the ways is to speak well of them, to pray for them, and to give them a blessing. I know it's not natural. It's not our first thought but it is supernatural and it is God's desire. And the reason God wants us to do this is because he wants to bless us. He says, bless so you may obtain a blessing. You know, in the South, there's a saying um, that's used quite a bit uh, where, where someone may say to a young man, oh, bless his heart. And in reality, it's not a, it's not a compliment. It's not even a blessing. It's really saying, what a, what a fool 
you know, what a silly guy. But our blessing must be sincere. And you may wonder, like, how do I bless my boss? Or how do I bless our politicians? How do I bless uh, my leaders, my parents? What should I say? Well, over the course of this pandemic, we've learned a song called The Blessing. And some of the words of that song are, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. Maybe that's what we need to be saying to the people around us that offend us, mistreat us, say evil things about us, to say, do you know what? I'm not gonna play your game. I'm not gonna do to you what you do to me. And instead I say, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. What would that do? Well, I don't know what that would do for the other person. I do know this. It would open up the door for God to bless you. And sometimes it may have an incredible impact on the other person. I'll give you an example of how that can work. There's a man in our church who I'm going to call Jimmy. He's asked me not to use his real name. But Jimmy was told by a neighbor that uh, a truck that was on their property uh, was going to be given to his son and that he could pick it up anytime he wanted to. Well, Several months had gone by and the lady who owned the truck had asked a tenant in her house to communicate with Jimmy to say, hey, uh, we'd like you to get that um, truck picked up soon. But what this man did is he got kind of belligerent. He said, you need to get over here and pick this up. A little bit later, he texted Jimmy and said, um, you better pick up the effing truck tonight. And Jimmy was just appalled. He said, wow, this guy is upset. So he got a tow truck and moved the truck over to his house. And in the process, didn't realize this, but there were some animal bones in this truck that the other guy was, I guess, drying out or something. And when he got home and, and didn't find his bones, he ended up peeling over to Jimmy's house and screaming at his family, um, uttering vulgarities toward them and threatening them. And so uh, Jimmy found all these bones and brought them back to this man, but he wasn't happy enough. And, and finally, Jimmy had to tell him to get off his property. So this man went home, and as soon as he got home, he began texting Jimmy, just mean texts. Um, he even threatened him saying, you know, I'm from Detroit, and I'm going to handle this the Detroit way. I'm going to smash your face in and the faces in of your family, and I'm going to bash in your cars. Now, some of us would have used that and got a hold of the police right away. But this man, Jimmy, just didn't respond, didn't respond. And the text continued all night long into the wee hours of the morning. Early in the morning, Jimmy woke up and he was just very agitated by all this. In fact, he didn't know what to do. The, the man's last text came at 4.30 in the morning and he said, I dare you to reply to my text. So Jimmy prayed and asked God, what do I do with this? How do I respond to this guy who's just being total, totally unreasonable and a pain? And it had to be the Holy Spirit that dropped this thought in his head. He said, I want you to invite him to breakfast. <laughs> and so he sent him a text. At 6.30 in the morning, Jimmy sent this neighbor a text and said, hey, if you're up, I would like to take you to breakfast. The man didn't respond. He probably was asleep. But about 10.30, he did reply and his tone had already changed. He said, no. He said, you probably don't like who I am right now. A couple days later, this man drove over to Jimmy's to apologize to him, his wife, and his kids. 
about his belligerent behavior. And then he said this, he said, I cannot believe after the way I treated you that you could be so gracious that you would invite me to breakfast. The power of blessing. And I'll add to this, that Jimmy, since that time, that was just about a month or so ago, since that time has seen God bless his life in some amazing ways, answered some prayers of his. And so I just want to encourage you, God wants to bless you, but he's waiting for you to speak a blessing. Use your mouth to speak life, not death. We're going to go through the rest of this next week, but I just want to close by praying for you and for myself and that we would use these as instruments of life. Father, I thank you so much for the people that have blessed us in our lives when we've not deserved it. And I thank you, Lord, that we have the privilege of being representatives of Jesus and doing this crazy thing of offering blessings when it's undeserved. And we pray, Lord, that this week, all over this community, all over these households, that there will be blessings spoken over people. And Lord, that you would bless those who speak them as you promised to in scripture. But Father, we thank you for this positive word. And we are gonna do that this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday.